A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At Bluenile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. A warning. This series contains discussion of themes that might be distressing for some listeners. Peter Ellis, The Crash Case, and me, is a newsroom.co.nz production. We take you right inside one of New Zealand's most controversial cases, when a kind of madness gripped Christchurch, resulting in a miscarriage of justice that would take 30 years to put right. It was a saga that divided a city, destroyed families, and shocked the nation. Mrs Ellis, are you convinced that your son is innocent? Completely convinced my son is innocent. I don't know how I ended up with 30 child abuse charges. I think he's a very clever offender. If I asked you to take a lie detector test, would you take it? I couldn't believe what I was hearing. Some of the words that are said in that courtroom, I just literally fell ill. Oh, the police are in embarrassment. The hysteria just blew up. Charges against the accused have been established beyond reasonable doubt. In 1993, childcare worker Peter Ellis was sentenced to 10 years in jail for abusing preschoolers at the Christchurch Civic Crash. He was tried, convicted and innocent. Kia ora, I'm Melanie Reid, Newsroom's Investigations Editor. Welcome to the first episode of our eight-part podcast of Peter Ellis, The Crash Case and me. It's called Unbelievable. The stranger-than-fiction Christchurch Civic Crash case centred on a young male childcare worker, Peter Ellis, who happened to be gay, and his four women co-workers. They were accused of operating an organised child sex abuse ring. More than 100 kids underwent evidential interviews. The police were convinced, and so were the government agencies. There was drama, division, hysteria and panic. Children were telling incredible stories, like adults had stood in a circle playing guitars with tin cans around their necks, while the children kicked each other in the genitals. They said that Peter Ellis had dug up Jesus Christ, that kids had been run over and drowned, and even Peter's mother was involved. The allegations were so outlandish, I thought they seemed implausible. But the experts were saying they weren't. 
So I somehow convinced Peter Ellis to let me interview him. But because he had been charged and was going through the court system, he could not be seen with me or aligned with a reporter. So all our meetings and interviews were in secret. I'm often asked how on earth this case ever happened. How did something so unbelievable somehow become believable? I hope this series will answer that. In the first episode, in interviews never heard before, Peter Ellis talks of his shock and dismay at being considered a child abuser. The 10-year sentence was greeted with a great deal of satisfaction by parents and police. The 12-member panel convicted Ellis on 16 of the 25 charges he faced. We're very shocked and I think it's very unfair, but that's all we want to say. We will fight as a family to get him released to him jail. It was a promising start that ended six years later, with Alice suspended and facing 45 charges of sexual abuse. The victims... Peter Ellis and the Christchurch Civic crash case saturated the news in the early 90s. Everyone, it seemed, had an opinion on his guilt or innocence. At the time, I practically lived at the Christchurch courthouse covering the Ellis story for TV3. At night, I would visit Peter at his house. We would smoke cigarettes and drink sherry on his veranda. I was the only journalist he ended up talking to in the 90s. I hope one day that they're actually going to be prepared to come along and say, hello, Peter, can you tell me, did we get it wrong? And I'll tell them they got it wrong because it didn't happen. Hi, Poets Mal. Hi, Mal. Can you remember when I interviewed Peter Ellis? Yeah, I remember it well in the 90s. Yeah, it was 1993. Anyway, I've got all the tapes, you know, and they're on beta. <laughs> they're like 30 years old. I'm hoping that you might be able to salvage them for me. I can never go. Most of those interviews have never been seen before, and um, wondering what would be the process to, you know, digitise them. Well, if you can get them to me, you can jump in your car, get them to the airport or whatever, and get them here, I'll, uh, I'll see if I can get them cleared. And I have the machine, so I can put them through and see what we can get off them. How many times are there now? There's 40 or 50. All right. It's <laughs> <laughs> going be a bit of a job, isn't it? Yeah. They might not survive. We might be able to get the pictures off, but might not. The mission to salvage the tapes was successful, and here I am in March 1993, asking Peter the very first question in our very first TV interview. Just to start off with, Peter, how has your life changed since the arrest? Since Mary's last year. Hold still, I've got to think about this for a moment. (laughs) Yeah, I, I, I should have realised you. Were... I was 27 when I interviewed oh, Peter sorry. Ellis. Yeah. Oh, no, he was worry, 34. I think it's really hard. <laughs> it wasn't quite. Do you, you want me to start off with something else? Yeah. It's just sort of like I thought it'd be good to talk about, you know, what what you've sort of been through and stuff to start with. Mm. 
During the weekdays, Peter Ellis was in court, but on Sunday afternoons, early in 1993, we did a series of interviews at sad motels on the outskirts of Christchurch. They were top secret. We made sure no one saw us. Such was the climate of panic due to the hysteria and hostility that surrounded the case. Peter had already had a bullet sent to him in the mail and had been assaulted by four men. I didn't get a chance to be scared because my flatmate Davy had basically been hit first and attacked and when the windows smashed at the front of my house I went and phoned 111 and I believed the police would turn up though the police had turned around and said to me once um, we might not be able to get there in time which is part of the intimidation I felt at that time I thought I am in New Zealand aren't I they, they ripped my phone out of the wall one of them must have seen me phoning because he said look the police are coming and someone called out look that's enough the attack left windows shattered and the occupant terrified a team of police arrested at least four men at the scene it seems that so four men smashed your windows came through your house with pieces of what four by twos or something oh slightly thinner but solid enough <laughs> my head felt so anyway <laughs> and they hit you they hit me yeah how many times Oh, numerous. I mean, I had um, uh, bruising on my back, my legs. I had grazing cuts to my hand and arm. I cut across my nose, the whole of the back of my head. And, yeah, I mean, it was not from pillar to post. What did they want? I hate using the word kid fucker, and that's what he said when he came through with his bitter wood and banged me. Go back nearly three decades, Christchurch was like the England of the Antipodes. Fabulous gardens, the cathedral, fine Edwardian architecture, conservative and proper. But not far below the surface, an undercurrent of white power gangs and crime. While traditional attitudes were changing, you have to remember only a few years earlier, sex between men had been illegal in New Zealand. Do not vote to legalise sodomy in this country. So conservative beliefs were very much alive and well in this rather staid South Island city. So a bullet arrived with your name engraved on it? With my name engraved on it. Um, I sort of tried to rationalise which of what I used to consider and thought were sane, rational people, that some of them were, were friends. Talking about the parents? Parents, yeah. And I was sort of trying to think, which of the parents could do this? I mean, yeah, all oh, right, I came up with a couple that have since really... Uh, lost it. I mean, not without cause. I mean, the children have been put through an awful lot of things, but not by us, not by the civic crash. Nothing happened to those children at that crash or anywhere else by any staff member. 
but what's happened to them through social workers, through the police, and it's just continual being questioned. And and I can I mean I can hear the parents' pain, but they're not waiting for justice to be done. And again, I'm I'm, I'm harking back to the fact of matters. Uh, I know I'm innocent. And again, naive, I suppose. Everyone's going to eventually rationalise this somehow. I mean, and I hope they do. (laughs) Throughout our interviews, Peter was convinced that the truth would prevail. He truly believed he would be found not guilty, purely on the basis that he wasn't guilty, that everyone who thought he'd sexually abused preschoolers in his care would actually come to their senses. The police are an embarrassment. But there was much more, so much more at stake. The very reputations of the police, social welfare, Crown Law. The crash case was the biggest show in town. The media reported every minute detail of it. The country was consumed. There was so much momentum. It was like an unstoppable beast. Peter Bronshaw, three national news. Mark Jennings, three national news. Jeff Hampton, three national news. Peter being gay influenced the way the media reported this case. His sexuality underpinned all aspects of the reporting, including my own. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Peter, how would you describe yourself? What sort of man are you? Well, I consider myself... A reasonable person, a fair person. I consider myself a caring person. I like a good gossip, which um, probably has got me into trouble sometimes. Um, You are a bit different though, aren't you? There's all these trite little words like heterosexual, homosexual, bisexual, asexual. I supposedly would fit into bisexual. Um, it gives me a perspective of a different outlook on sex than, say, it's just an ordinary heterosexual, straight heterosexual person. Um, I associate... I get on better with women. Um, I feel more comfortable in the company of women. Um, but 
I seemed to end up sleeping with men. Peter was constantly referred to as an openly gay childcare worker. Not a childcare worker, not a childcare worker who was gay, but an openly gay childcare worker. I asked him a lot of cringe-worthy questions back then about sex, about being gay, which he always handled in a typically Peter way, unashamedly himself. Do you think the fact that you are gay and quite obviously gay, I don't want you to take that the wrong way, but do you think that you're an easy target? Look at it from a public perspective. From a public... It depends on, on, on people's attitudes. I mean, nowadays people's attitudes towards gay people are changing. Um, it's slow, but they are changing. Uh, they're realising that... that um, that what happens in the bedroom doesn't affect your work or your job or, um, or how you relate to other people. People nowadays are coping with the idea that, that really they aren't that different bar from that one point. I mean, some people are never going to believe it. I mean, whether they be Christians or whether the, uh, how they've been brought up, they, they, they are not going to be able to cope with gay people. The Civic Crèche, which had opened in 1976, was run by the Christchurch City Council. It was in Cramner Square in the centre of town, not far from Hagley Park. The parents whose children attended the crèche were a diverse group and most leaned to the left of the political spectrum. Social workers, single mothers, liberal middle-class parents. Peter, being gay, free-spirited and vivacious, was not just accepted, but adored. There's a so-called stereotype of, of what people could, would consider a childcare worker. The Civic Childcare Centre was, was special. The people in it were special. They weren't your atypical childcare worker, and I'm not running down childcare workers you know, saying that we were any better, but, but we were more family orientated we were, we were aware of our parents as much as the children because if there was something going wrong at home and a, and a mother came in crying, or a father for that matter then it's going to affect the child that comes to us and if, if we could t you know, take that parent down to the staff room and give them a cup of coffee and a cup of tea or whatever and have a talk with them and sort of say, well, you know, we're here for you as much as your children. So I think in some ways our whole centre, we were you know, different from what, what some people consider childcare workers to be. What about you, though? Do you think you were different? Well... I had run-ins with my boss. Gay? Gay, yes. And because I wanted to you know, go outside in the rain with the children and paint in the rain, and you know, sort of saying, well, it's raining, you can't. And I'm sort of saying, but it's warm rain. 
In fact, you can get wet rain and dry rain. She looks at me, you can't get wet rain, dry rain. I said, you can. There's certain rain's wet and certain rain's dry. I know that might sound silly, but you can get wet and drizzle, whereas you get dirty, great big plops of rain. And, you know, you, you don't, I mean, you get wet, obviously, but you're not drenched or anything. And this was a warm day, and we sprinkled Lux flakes all over the place, and we went out and painted, you know, painted on the concrete. And, I mean, the water made all the paint spurl out and the kids had a great time came back in and got dried off it was a fun day I mean hmm. I went for spontaneity I mean I wanted the kids to have a good time like when I went to the gardens for example look, we used to hide in the leaves I mean and there's the poor old gardens that just raked up all these piles of leaves and of course by the time we'd finished they were all over the place but we had a good time Peter became a childcare worker by a strange twist of fate. Well, I was given 80 hours community service and I was given a choice of working at an animal shelter or at, um, at, at the Civic Child Care Centre. Why were you given 80 hours community service? Um, I was accused of defrauding social welfare. It's a long, convoluted story how it came about. And the upshot was that I got 80 hours community service. And I said I was offered those two choices. And I already had my own animals, like as in heaps. And um, so I chose, I'd work at the childcare centre. I've always had an affinity with animals and children. And I got on well with the children. I got on well with the staff there, and I fitted in. And the upshot of it was, after a week, I was asked if I wanted to um, relieve for a woman that was taking maternity leave. And so I finished my other 40-hour community service bit and basically started straight away at the Civic Child Care Centre. And you've been there for six years? Yep, six years three years' worth of training and, well, I ain't got six years left now, it's all gone, put it bluntly. I get up, I get breakfast, I feed my animals, I go down to the shops. Many of my interviews with Peter Ellis have not been seen before and what we are publishing now all these years on, is a pretty raw, unedited version, unlike in the early 90s, when we focused on the more controversial aspects of the interview. That was the approach back then, adversarial. So if you were interviewing someone charged with child abuse, it was expected that you would hit them hard and then hit them again. So while most of the time we were pretty relaxed and chatting away, the parts that actually ended up going on the telly, tended to be the more provocative aspects of the interview. What is it like walking around with child abuse charges of an extremely horrific nature against your name? Well, I can't answer that because uh, I know I didn't do it. Are you a paedophile? No, I'm not a paedophile. Have you ever had sexual relations with young children? No, I've never had a sexual relationship with young children and the thought is abhorrent. Are you lying? No, I'm not lying. If I asked you to take a lie detector test, would you take it? 
I offered to do a lie detector test right at the very beginning and I was informed it doesn't happen in New Zealand. I would quite willingly take a lie detector test. To understand how one of New Zealand's most controversial cases began, we need to go back to the beginning, the spring of 1991. Christchurch, the Garden City, was hosting a family violence conference that included ritual abuse workshops, and the media and the public were being fed some disturbing messages as a result. In New Zealand, evidence against satanic cults is mounting. Well, I personally love um, four cults that are operating. They're having to endure severe and bizarre physical and sexual torture. There was this sense, in hindsight at least, of a gathering storm that Peter Ellis and his co-workers were completely oblivious to that would become known as satanic panic. New Zealand's establishment city was about to be consumed by something unholy and unthinkable. The large-scale ritual sexual abuse panic that had been sweeping the world landed in central Christchurch. Something bordering hysteria took over the city. Author Lenny Hood described it as collective delusion and called Christchurch a city possessed. It was a fairly overheated climate that it just took one allegation like a, a match to a tinder-dry landscape and off it went. Off it went indeed, and it was the beginning of what would become a story that lasted decades. Coming up in the next episode, Detective Colin Ede is convinced Peter Ellis is not acting alone, that at least ten other offenders are also involved. The fear and paranoia starts to build. To watch the video series of Peter Ellis, The Crash Case and Me, and for more award-winning journalism that matters, head to newsroom.co.nz. If you like what you're hearing, don't forget to subscribe. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Please rate and review our series. It helps new listeners find us. Check out our social media pages to get in touch and see photos and video clips. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok by searching The Peter Ellis Case. 
This series is written, produced and presented by me, Melanie Reid, edited by Paul Entercott and Lewis Tennant. Original music by Age Pryor, sound mix by Richard Wills, written and produced by Bonnie Sumner, and our podcast producer is Lewis Tennant. This is a Newsroom Investigates production, made in partnership with News Hub. Peter Ellis, The Crash Case and Me is public interest journalism funded through New Zealand On Air.